Hey everyone, how's it going? Uh, this is the very first episode of the Banter Broadcast, where we just have a group of people talking about various topics on movies and TV shows, video games, and what have you. Uh, my name is Patricia Miranda. My name is Ian Kane Jr. And my name is Malia Colbert. And today we're going to be discussing about a very special animated series that came out 15 years ago today that featured on Nickelodeon. It is called Avatar The Last Airbender, which was a show created by Michael DiMartino and Brian Konetsko. So the show is about an avatar named Aang, whose job is to keep balance into the world of, with the four tribes. They're the Water Tribe, the Earth Kingdom, the Air Nomads, and the Fire Nation. But everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Attacked. <laughs> did they really attack, or did they just ambush people? I mean, attack and ambush, aren't they kind of like similar, except that the difference is that with ambushing, it's more of like a clear and concise strategy. It's like, oh yeah, we're going to ambush you, we're going to take over, we're going to, um, you know, pillage your village, and we're going to... bars, pillage your village. (laughs) Oh, Patricia with the bars, okay. I mean, yes, like, the Fire Nation, and we'll go into that as the podcast goes on, but the Fire Nation were clear-cut or clear-cut bad guys. I mean, there were a few rogues and renegades who didn't really hold to the ideals of the Fire Lord. But, you know, it's it's it all happened 100 years ago because a boy was trapped in an iceberg. In an iceberg. Yeah, he was trapped in an iceberg, yeah. He did not want to fulfill the um, requirements of being an avatar. He got scared, so he fled. Right. So, yeah, I'm actually curious, you know, um, how did you first get introduced to this show? How did you first learn about it? I'll let you go first. Okay. Um, So, for me, I want to say I was like 10. I don't really know how old, but I remember just seeing it on Nickelodeon and be like, oh my God, that's so cool. And I'm not going to hold you, though. Like, a lot of the show's reasons and all that stuff, like the... Um, subliminal messages went over my head about like the peace, the balance, the how people can change and stuff. As a kid, I just wanted to see the good guys win. Right. But when I rewatched it, everything hit me. I said, mm-hmm. "Oh, this is what that meant." Oh, wow! And it gave me a different outlook on the show. Yeah, this show is deep. Um, Last Airbender has a lot of hidden messages. Some not so hidden, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. But for me, how I got it first introduced. Um, I'm about to date myself. I think I was in sixth or seventh grade when the show first came out. And um, it looked like an anime to me. And, you know, at the time I was in the Dragon Ball Z and Yu Yu Hakusho and uh, Trigun. I know I was a little too young to be watching Trigun, but still a great show, Cowboy Bebop. So it looked like anime to me. And I saw martial art moves and. If anybody knows me, Bruce Lee was my life for a lot of my, you know, like, like childhood. Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan, Jet Li, Donnie Yen, Sammo Hung, you know, just to name like some of the big time guys. And it looked really interesting. And I was surprised, like, Nickelodeon is doing an, an anime. Yes, the show is technically not anime. But when you're younger and the animation style looks, looks very similar, you can't confuse it with, with anime. So, guys, don't attack me. I know it's not an, an anime. But... Uh, I saw the previews for it, and I said, huh, this looks pretty interesting. And from the very first episode, I was hooked. Yeah. I, I was hooked. It kept my attention, 
And at first, when I was little, I, I kind of wanted it to be more serious, kind of like a Dragon Ball Z. But as I'm older, I appreciate the innocence that the show did have for uh, kids of that age. And um, yeah, I've just I've just loved that show ever since. Yeah. Um, I'm going to probably date you even further, Ian, because when the show came out in 2005, I was around, I'm going to think, I probably was around maybe 20 years old. Mm, okay. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, that's I was, how old I am now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, so yeah, that was why I was in my second year of college. Uh-huh. And I remember I was a I, I had like followed anime for like years. Like I remember when Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z were first airing on TV. I'm sorry, Patricia. I forgot to mention Sailor Moon. I have no problem mentioning that. I did watch that show. Yeah. Proudly. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, it was a, it was fantastic. I mean, the Deke dub <laughs> leaves a lot to be desired nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because yeah, let me, oh, let's be Lord. honest. I mean, like we're, we're we're past a point in which we have to say that Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune are not cousins. Right. And that Zoicide is not a woman, and neither is Fisheye. But that's beside the point. <laughs> Yeah, so oh, yeah, so I remember when I f- heard the the news about Avatar the Last Airbender and they were promoting it saying like, "Oh, um, you know, there's this kid who's 12 years old and he has to save the world." Did we mention that he's 12 years old? And I, I thought it was like, "Oh man, you have a kid with a bald head and he knows how to do wind power. This is a Shaolin Showdown ripoff." Oh, right, right. Yeah. And I I can kind of see that. I, to be honest, I didn't really watch Shaolin Showdown all that much. Neither did I. It was my cousins who were into it. I mean, they mm. loved watching it on Kids WB. Mm-hmm. I'm too young for any of this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you are. She is. Malia is the pipsqueak here. Yes, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kids WB, that was around the time when cartoons were at their peak. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Around the early to late 90s, yeah. Yes, I mean, we can go from, I guess, the mid-80s. Um, so, well, I mean, that, yeah, that's true. That yeah, that could be. Uh, we'll, we'll probably discuss about that another time. Yeah, yeah. another another podcast. Yeah, another podcast. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I remember when I first saw the trailer for Avatar, I was like, uh, I mean, like, I, I, I'm already familiar with Shaolin Showdown, where they have the kids doing, like, the elemental powers, and they live in this Asian country that is not possibly called China, or not possibly <laughs> Japan, or whatever. Well, like, yeah. But yeah, I was kind of familiar with it already. But then I was like, okay, I'll give this show a chance. And so I watched it. And by the first episode, I was like, I need to go know what happens next. It lured me in so much. So you almost passed on the show. I did, actually. Wow. Wow. I mean, because I remember I was asking people about it at school. And they were like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, mean, I don't know. Let me, let, let's think about this. I mean, you know, as some, if you've listened to my other podcast, I'm kind of like a Nick historian. So I kind of know about this stuff. But yeah. You know, there had never been an attempt of a show like Avatar The Last Airbender. Right. There was attempts of doing that, and that was a pilot by the name of Constant Pain, where it was, like, heavily influenced by anime, but that was canceled for multiple reasons. One was because... Uh, you know, it was like union issues with like the animators and the writers. Oh. Another thing was that you know there was a scene that was very similar to like you know the the one the, the blimp going inside the ta- uh, the the building, which made it look like oh it's the World Trade Center that kind of stuff. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of reasons that you know I I don't want to go into in this podcast, but they there were attempts of it, but unfortunately it just didn't come through and. 
Early 2000s, it was a lot more comedic with their cartoons. SpongeBob was getting really popular. Oh, yes, 99. Yeah. 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 Still going. That's crazy. Yes, yeah, still That's going. That's like one piece. Yeah, exactly. It is the one piece of American cartoons. Yes, and I'm never going to attempt to catch up to one piece. Oh, facts. Because <laughs> I, by the time I do, I'll probably have a child or two, maybe, Lord willing, and they're going to ask me, Dad, what? What's this show? And I'm not going to be able to tell them or show them because it's so long. <laughs> Crazy. Exactly. Right, right. We need to have a super cut of One Piece. Yes. Uh, like, Just, oh, good Lord. That's a whole different topic. good Lord. Yeah. Great show, but just Yeah, yeah. Long. Anyway, so... Um, yeah, so there was, um, yeah, Fairly Odd Parents, Chalk Zone, My Life as a Teenage love... Robot. Okay, now you're getting into my childhood. Yeah, yeah, please talk about it, yeah. Oh, man, Chalk Zone was one of my favorite shows growing up. Um, I loved Fairly Odd, Fairly Odd Parents. I don't like what they did nowadays. Like, the yeah. OG was beautiful. It was really good. Um, my Life as a Teenage Robot, I yeah. loved it. yeah. There are so many. What other shows were on there? Um, there was Danny Phantom. Oh, Danny Phantom! We have to do a podcast about Danny Phantom. See, I, I didn't really watch Danny Phantom all that much, but the episodes that I did watch, I thought they were solid. Yeah. I was I was more of a fairly odd parents type of guy. So, um, same animators, right? Uh, yes, same animators. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, created by Butch Hartman. Okay, so same. Yeah, um, I do have to admit though, the what what episode of Fairly Odd Parents did he like go through like? The puberty? TV, not puberty. Oh, because <laughs> no, there was one like yeah. he went through puberty. Yeah, yeah, there like, was. It was the TV universe. Uh, oh, that, the TV guy where yeah. he literally became like everybody's yeah. favorite. So. Yeah, it's called Channel Chasers. Yeah, Channel, that I think was top tier, fairly odd parents it, for me. That was originally meant to be the last episode. Really? Yeah, I can see that being the last episode. I could, I can see them saying, "Yeah, hey, this is the last episode" because it had last episode quality. But yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, so yeah, like. Nick was on a roll during this time. Yeah, but then the year prior, before Avatar, it kind of went into a bit of a stand. stand uh, um, it went into a bit of a halt because uh, for for you guys who are familiar with the, an animation company known as Klasky Chupo, okay. they produce Rugrats, The Wild Thornberries, Rocket Power, oh, Hungry Monsters, and oh and uh, side note, you. You guys might not care, but uh, they also animated those Ronald McDonald cartoons. Yes, they did. And I loved those when I was a kid. Me and my and my little brother, shout out to Kenny, we used to watch those all the time. We have almost all but one VHS of that series. Yeah, they're they're all on YouTube now, so you can go watch them. Nice. Yeah, I remember when th those came out because like they they used to give them out like after like a Happy Meal or something. Yeah. And, yeah, I think I remember like watching. I think there was like one of them like a long time ago because my cousin had the um, the VHS and he was like, I want to watch this Ronald McDonald cartoon and it was like a it was like a trippy acid dream. <laughs> I mean, you think about it. I mean, this is classy Chupa uh, we're talking yeah, about. Not yeah. expecting that. Type no, of I mean, but like it's true because some of those jokes, I'm like, kids aren't gonna get this. No, no, like, no. Especially not Sunday the Dog. Sunday the Dog. He was coming from people's heads, yo. He was. <laughs> A trip, man. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like the youngest person. I do not know what you're talking about. It's on YouTube. You yeah, you just go watch it on YouTube. Anyway, but yeah. Uh, they also did um, Asshole by Ginger and All Grown Up and uh, yeah, Rugrats Preschool Days, but we don't talk about that. I didn't even know that was a thing. There, it, it, It's a That's long story. I remember Rugrats like when they were babies and then like all grown, grown up. up. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, preschool days. It came out in 2008, uh, and it's about Angelica and Susie going to preschool. It only lasted for four episodes. So. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> I know, so nobody talks about that. Anyway, but yeah, wow. 2004, 
uh, their contract ran out, and there was some disagreements between that company and Nickelodeon. And so there's a reason why, uh, you know, those shows ended around 2004. The last oh. episodes of Rugrats, The Wild Thornberrys, Rocket Power, and As Told by Ginger stopped airing. Wow, I didn't know that. Wow. They were still they still had all grown up, but yeah, you, you know, they're they're. Um, you know, affiliations kind of, like, severed out. Okay, uh, gotcha. See, during this time, like, I'm, like, four or five at this point in time. So hearing you guys talking about it, it makes sense in my head now. Because as a kid, it just stopped showing up, like, new episodes. Exactly, yeah. It would just yeah. be reruns. I was and like, I'd what be like, happened? Yeah, I'd be like, wait, what? But I'd be like, oh, well, I'm still watching one of my favorite TV shows. And, like, they had the movies out. Yeah. Um. So I would be happy with that. But I didn't know about all the background history about it. Because I, I was a toddler at that time. Like, I'm not thinking about... Cancellation of shows. Yeah, exactly. And 2004 was also the year that Nickelodeon Studios in Orlando, Florida also shut down as well. And nowadays, the Blue Man Group has that same studio. Right, that's right. Yeah, because I remember that they were advertising that studio and they did some live shows there, didn't they? Yeah, they, they yeah. filmed Clarissa Explains It All. They filmed all that. They all filmed, that, right. They filmed the game shows there. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a major studio over there. Speaking of the game shows, you know, it upset me as a kid seeing people do the game shows. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? How do you not remember the pattern? It's so easy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it, I, every time I watch Nick Arcade or Legends of the Hidden Temple, it gets me so irritated about a person who doesn't know how to flip the monkey in. Or it's like, no, no, Sonic is supposed to go this way. Yeah. He's supposed to jump. Why aren't you doing the spin dash? Yes, I don't know. Oh. It would upset me as a child. I'd be like, what are you doing? Get off. Speaking Please. of Sonic... Pause, you know, shout out to Sonic the Hedgehog, whose movie came out last weekend, I'd say, for, for Valentine's Day. It's a fun movie. Go support Sonic. It's uh, had the biggest opening for a video game film ever, so go support Sonic. And uh, hopefully this will be a wave of new content. Uh, hint, hint, Super Mario Brothers film coming out. Um, I think I Illumination is going to... Yeah, Illumination is, yeah, there, yeah. So hopefully we can get a Metroid movie, a... Uh, you know, Star Fox, Donkey Star Kong, Fox. yes, all Legend that. of Zelda. I yes. love Donkey Kong. So go see Sonic, support it. Yeah. Anyways, but back to Avatar. Yeah, yeah. So 2004 was a rough year for Nickelodeon. Then 2005 came along, and you know Avatar came about, and it pretty much just blew everybody away. I mean, it was a show that. I remember when I was in school, you know, everybody was talking about it. Uh, you know, this was like, I was hanging out with a group that was into anime. I was in an anime club, and I was in a video game or a group where we did tournaments, and everybody was talking about this show. It's like, if we didn't get a break talking about Naruto, Bleach, One Piece, Full Metal Alchemist, or anything like that, then we'd be talking about Avatar. And that, and I think that for the most part, I think that... It was like one of the. It was, I think it was like one of the first prime shows of drawing in kids and adults without like utilizing the gross out stuff. You know, yeah. it was able to tell like a complex story with like this interesting world to explore, mythology and all that stuff. And I think that really drew people in. Yes, and I think what really looking at it now, what impresses me is how they were they're able to draw on a whole lot of Asian culture and even yeah. a little Aztec culture. You know, with the uh, with with season three, with the Sun Warriors, I think they were called. Yeah, yeah. Um, just how much they were able to draw on cultures and beliefs, and, you know, things that actually are somewhat real that you know, I guess the common person wouldn't think. But this show is really complex, and I, I give the creators so much credit. They stuck to what they wanted to do, and they told a well thought out story. And season one was fantastic, and I was like, as a kid, how can this show get any better. Then came season two, which I think 
personally for me is my favorite season. Mm-hmm. Not not to say season three is terrible. No, it's it's a great season, and that was a great finale. Season three is great. I just think as far as like the type of storyteller that I am, I I, I like where they went with season two with the whole espionage and like the whole like. Um, the Dai Li and all that. I I love stuff like that. I love conspiracy stuff like that. So for that to go in a kid's show and work so well, that blew me away. It, it just blows me away. So uh, I guess we're going to start talking about our favorite episodes. Of- yeah, yeah, let's do that. Right. So, um, uh, you know, I think that the first episode that really, like, impacted me so much when I first saw it was The Storm. Right, that's season one, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Recap season one. Uh, what the term storm's about. Okay, so the storm is about, um, so Aang, Katara, and Sokka go over to a village so that they can be able to restock, but they don't have any money. Right. So they meet up with an old fisherman who's about to go out, and his wife's telling him not to leave because it's about, there's a, a huge like storm, storm that's coming. Gonna, there's a storm I'm, coming in. Yeah, Sokka saying, well, decides yeah. to go anyway, and the old fisherman is looking at Aang, learning that he's the Avatar, and he's yelling at him saying, you know, where were, we, where were you when we needed you? And then, he, you know, Aang runs off and then he tells his backstory about what happened when he disappeared. Meanwhile, Zuko is still looking for the Avatar. And uh, Iroh is telling him that there's a huge storm coming in. And his um, lieutenant is, like, back-talking him, saying he doesn't care about anybody uh, but himself because the crew doesn't want to go through this huge, massive storm. And then Iroh tells the story about Zuko's past and why he's going after yes, the Avatar. that was such a fantastic episode. Um, do you remember who that episode was directed by? I think, was it Aaron Ehas who did that? Maybe, maybe. Um, that episode is very powerful because I think that's when the audience would finally start to realize Aang and Zuko are interlocked. Yes. As far as like where their destinies are going to line up. But the show did this so well, you don't know what's going to happen with these two characters. But you have a feeling, okay, something is going to happen with with these two characters. I don't know if it's always going to be like a a cat and mouse chase throughout the whole series. But their destinies, something is going to happen. And you kind of get a glimpse of that in this episode because Aang's backstory is... It's really sad, and you see the weight of being the Avatar, like what that does to a child. Because not every Avatar, they discovered that, you know, they were the Avatar when they were kids. Some of them were teenagers, adults. So for, what, he was 12 at the time? Yeah, Yeah, 12. Yeah, and Monkey also told him at that episode that he was not supposed to know he was the Avatar until he turned 16. Right. But because there was some turmoils with the Fire Nation, they had to tell him earlier than anticipated. Right, so... To see a 12-year-old go through that and then flip to Zuko who, who is you know, trying to gain the love and respect from his father. And his father's just a piece of crap, you know, um, voiced by Mark Hamill. By the way, fantastic voice acting by him. He always, he, always brings the, uh, he always brings the ruckus and he always comes with, with his A-game. You know, of course, he's Luke Skywalker and the Joker. How do you not? Yeah. Anyways, but... Um, just to see the dynamic of him and his father and then, you know, what happened with his mom. And you just feel so much for Zuko. You're like, just like, man, like... You start seeing him in a different light yes, instead of a, just a bad guy. Exactly. And that is great storytelling to me when you can sympathize or even empathize with the villain. Like, yeah. dang, he's the villain, but I, or he or she is the villain, but I understand why they are the way that they are now. And you and you start to feel bad for them. So yeah, that's a great choice, Patricia. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, uh, yeah, that's just, just one of them. So, yeah, I'd like to hear from everybody else about their favorites. So, yeah, yeah what do you got? Um, shoot, okay, I don't know what season to pick from. Okay, I will say um, I really enjoyed Dave Filoni's episodes. Um, and he, after the first season, he went off to join, I think, who was the one of the greatest storytellers of all time, George Lucas, with Star Wars Clone Wars. And uh, his his work on that was fantastic. Um, though I'm going to have to, even though I mentioned that, I think I'm going to have to go to season two, which is really interesting. Um, oh, there's so many great episodes in season two. I think I might have to go with Tales of Bossing Say. Yeah, that's um, really good. But that, that, that is just... Just pure, fantastic storytelling, and uh, the segment of the, of that episode that really hit home for me was with Iroh, and um, just like seeing how he's just a peaceful guy who's like, you know what, life is not about conquering and, and like you know power. It's about loving people, being the best you that you can be, making the world a better place, things of that nature, and then you see that he makes a memorial for his son at the end of the episode. He goes throughout the episode just helping people, and then he goes and he makes the memorial. I think his son's name was Luten, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you just see the emotion, and then... Like, the, the, like, shot just goes still, and it, like, turns into artwork, and it says, in memory of Mako. And when I was a kid, I knew who Mako was from Conan the Barbarian, and also from Samurai Jack. So when I saw that he died, that that really hit me as a kid, because I loved his voice acting. Mm -hmm. And that episode, I actually watched it a couple days ago. It, it's, it, it made me teary-eyed. Like, I think, story-wise, it didn't, it, it, it did help push the story along, but it's not like a main concrete episode as far as pushing the story along, but yet yeah, I it just only, resonated I with think me. the only one that really pushed the story along was, was Momo. Momo's tale. Yes, and even that was very entertaining, and like it just kept me engaged. Like it, each each person that they touched on was just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, what do you got, Malia? Um. I was sitting over here trying to decide. I have a lot of favorites. But I'm going to have to go with the episode where Toph invented metal, metal bending. Oh, that was a great episode. Yeah, that well. was beautiful. Like, Toph is, Toph is one of my favorites. Like, and I love the way she just claims, like, I'm the greatest earthbender of all time without any hesitation. Because she is, like... Yeah, and I mean, like me growing up, I thought King Boomy could have gave her a run for her money, but nah. I think if they were like to really go at it, she would have beat King Boomy. Yeah, um, all the way, all yeah. the way. And I just, yeah, that that episode was great because Toph was doing her thing with metal bending. Sokka yeah. was was with his dad. Katara finds out that um, Azula, Tylee, and and Mira May May Mira. That's whole different series Jeez. <laughs> and uh may they were you know disguised as the kyoshi warriors but ang that is also a good e that's also a good episode because how the guru kind of trains ang to kind of unlock his chakras yeah like that is, was that episode yeah. oh wow and that, that's that, a beautiful episode a lot of that, that stuff in the episode will go over people's heads but that's actually like that's actually practiced by those who strongly you know, try to, you know, I guess, whatever your belief is, 
the whole process of unlocking your chakras, that's not anything made up. Those steps are actually part of the process. And I, I don't want to get into it too much because I don't know what people like believe, what they don't believe, whatever. But it's 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 very powerful. And um, that, that episode, especially when Aang sees Katara in, in trouble, he's not willing to let go. He, he said, Yaga, he said, I get what you're trying to say. I get that I can't be a true avatar until I do this, but... I gotta go help her, and I will become Avatar one way or another. Like I'll be a true Avatar one way or another, with or without your help. Yeah, and it, and it kind of it it reminded me of an Anakin Skywalker. Yes, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but like how he quote unquote didn't complete his training, and well, I, I wouldn't say Anakin, more so Luke. That's what it it reminded me of Luke on on Dagobah when Obi Wan and Yoda tell him, "Yo, don't go yet. You're not ready to face Vader." And as a result, Luke gets his hand cut off. And Aang, in the in the season finale, gets shot with lightning by Azula. Yeah, that was that was crazy. When I first saw that as a kid, I said I cried. Like it was just, I really thought that they were going to win because you know, good guys always win, no matter what. And then seeing Aang literally shot by lightning, it was it shook me. Yeah, that's the first time as a kid that I saw. For once, the good guy doesn't always win in a TV show. Like, in real life, I knew good guys don't always win. But at least in TV, I knew it did. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. That, and that shook me. Yeah, and then when the, you know, you have one of the final scenes in which when, um, you know, Katara, Sokka, and the Earth King were escaping, and then he simply says the Earth Kingdom had fallen. Yeah. Yes. That set the, like, wow. That set the like, tone for season three. Yes. yes. Um... Going into season three. Season three is one of my favorites. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's a fantastic season. Like, season three is really when we see Zuko's character development. Oh, my gosh. Which was beautifully done. Because Zuko, I read it, I was going to scroll through social media, um, I think the other night. And on social media, it said that Zuko and um, Azula reached the same realization that their father is trash. That he's crap, Right. But they had different um, epiphanies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Epiphanies about their dad. Right? Yeah. Zuko went on the hand of, like, I can't be my dad, basically. I can't be him. Like, I can be better than him, and in that way I'm going to go good. Right? Do be good. Yeah. And hope the Avatar, I mean, that's fulfilling my destiny. But with Azula, was like, I can be better than him. I can't be my dad, but I will be better than he ever was. And she didn't, go, she didn't turn good, per se, but she just she tried to be better. And in that sense, brought her way deeper into the darkness. And I, I'm, I actually like that you bring that up, because the last episode I watched before today was the episode where we learn of how... Roku and like Sozin were yeah, friends yeah. and and all that and it's kind of like prophecy fulfilled, like what what Sozin and Roku should have done, Aang is doing now, and Zuko was kind of like you know what, these are the sins of my forefathers, and I'm going to correct these sins, and I'm going to help the Avatar bring balance back yeah. to all four nations. Yeah, and then uh, you know Zuko is like reading the backstory about Sozin and about. Roku and he's like wondering why am I learning about this and then uh, Iroh reveals to him it's like there's a reason why I let you read that scroll because you know Sozin was your father's grandfather but your mother's grandfather was, was Avatar, Avatar Roku, Roku. And which that was, blew yeah. my mind as a, I said oh yes so like he has 
he is a descendant of royalty and also a a sort of being who was in, enlightened. Right. So his destiny was to be great in some way, shape, or form. And Azula, I don't know if she ever had that. I don't. I don't know if she gave herself that opportunity to really choose who she wants to be. I don't think so because if we remember from the episode Zuko alone, we get to learn more about Azula's backstory about how she was this prodigy. Yes, yeah. she was a prodigy, and her father absolutely adored her. Yes, her mother was afraid, afraid of, of her. her. Yes, yeah. But, um, I mean, but at the same time, if you saw from the one of the last episodes of the series where, you know, she is being awarded as the Fire Lord while... Um, Ozai uh, becomes the Phoenix King. Yeah, the yeah. Phoenix King. And then while she's getting her hair done, she has, you know, delusions of her mom talking about, like, you know, I think... Um, you know, you're angry at yourself and you need to remember that I love you. And she starts, like, breaking down. Yeah, yeah, she became unhinged. And there's this theory that that's the only, that's the only reason why she lost to Kataka. Kataka? I said Kataka. <laughs> Katara and Zuko, good lord. I'm... <laughs> Katara and Zuko, good lord. All these names, ah! But Katara and Zuko, I personally don't... I, Still think they could have won. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, Azula was a problem, though. She was a beast when it came to firebending, and she was a master strategist. She, like, I hated how she just manipulated the whole Earth Kingdom, the, like the Dai Li and the King. Everybody. I was like, oh, that made me so mad, but it, it just adds, like, oh, I don't like this character, but she is so fantastic. Yeah, but I, I think Wait. that, in my opinion, out of the villains that were featured in Avatar The Last Airbender, she is the most complex. Yes. She's the most... Fearful, and yes. very much so. I mean, like, let's take a look at the, the the villains from the previous seasons. I mean, let's see. We have the um, Boom Boom, or is that book three? No, that's book three. Combustion Man. Yeah, yeah. Combustion Man. Yeah, yeah. That, that's from book three. The first one was actually Admiral Zhao. Admiral uh, Zhao. Yes. Yeah, and, and yes. I, you know, Zhao wasn't Zhao was done. I think there could have been a tad bit more backstory on Zhao, but Just, I, I think with what they gave us was fine, and we kind of get to see how he. When he went to the library and learned about the moon spirits, yes, and how his plan was to kill the moon, yeah. and, 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 and and you know, in order to conquer the, the northern the northern like water tribe, and how fearful Iroh was, like, yo, if you do this, you don't know what you're going to do. You, you're not only gonna like screw the waterbenders over, your Earth is gonna be messed up as we know it now. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, I don't care. I'm doing this for the glory of the Fire Nation, but really more so for himself. When I first saw that episode, it went right over my head. I was just like, he just punched a fish. Okay, cool. Wait, why is she dying now? Wait, she's turning into the moon. What's going on? That was like, it didn't, as a kid, like this is a really, this is a great kid show, but as a kid, a lot of stuff went over my head. I'm a very slow person, and I don't know if that played a part into it, <laughs> but... Oh, yeah. No, I just... It really went over my head, and I just... I didn't fully understand it until I rewatched it. Um, my freshman year of... I was going to say of high school. LOL. Of college. And I was like, this man just... This man just killed the moon. Like, he really... And it finally hit why... Um, you? UA. UA had to give herself up. Like, it wasn't like she had a choice. She had to. It wasn't an option for her. And that, that's just crazy to me. 
Like, this man really said, I'm going to kill the moon spirit. Yeah. With no regard of what can happen. I would like to say one part of season three that I really enjoyed uh, was when, um, what, what the heck is his name? Fire Lord Ozai shot the lightning at Zuko. And, and he redirected it? And I think, I can't remember, but did Arrow have a, no, not Arrow, but did, did, but did Ozai have a look on his face like, oh, snap, my son yes. actually stepped up in some areas. Yes. That um, was so satisfying because, like, I don't need your approval anymore. I'm my own man now. And I was like, yes, Zuko, yes, like, yes. Like, he really told his son, it's useless for you to learn how to redirect lightning. Like, you're stupid if you try to learn that. And what did he do? Redirected that joint in the fight with this one. I said, I said, ooh, is it ooh. I, I was so happy. Like, that was so satisfying for me. Um, favorite characters? Oh, man. Um, oh, I already said my favorite character. <laughs> That's really hard to say because a lot of the characters here are just so good. Yes. Um, let's see. I mean, like, Toph is amazing, by the way. Amazing. Yeah. Toph she's, is... She's, she's A-tier. Not yeah. even A-tier. She, like, she's GOAT-tier. Yeah, she's above GOAT. Like, oh, oh, man. <laughs> like, in my eyes, like, Toph, like, really, you can't, you can't touch her. Like... The only time she's defenseless is when her feet are off the ground, but even then she's tough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, not only can she earthbend really well, but also, you know, because she can be able to sense breathing and blood pressure and heart rate, she can tell when a person is lying. lying. Yes. yes. That was so, like, whoo. Yeah, the only one that she couldn't tell was Azula because she has lied so many times and she just tells it so well when she was saying, like, I'm a pink platypus with uh, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, yeah. And she's like, okay, you know, I can't read you. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know if I have a fit. Well, I, I, I might have to pick Zuko just because um, I can I can kind of relate to like the whole I'm not good enough type of motif, and you know that kind of resonates with me personally. Like, I I love Aang. I loved how he stuck with his guns about not not killing. That was fantastic. Yeah. Sokka, I oh, I loved when he learned from the Swordmaster. Yes, that, that was that was a fantastic episode as well. That I was can't beautiful. remember his name. Uh, can't can't remember the Swordmaster's name. That's okay. But um, that that was satisfying. Um. But I think I'm going to have to go with Zuko just yeah. because I can relate to his struggle with, you know, trying to gain honor or regain honor and, and you know, just trying to win the approval of someone who he loves, you know, yeah. and like him being the underdog. Yeah. That's yeah. what really just like hits me. You realize that Ozai, yeah, I said it right? Ozai, Ozai yeah. yeah. That Ozai literally gave that man an impossible mission. Yeah. Avatar was gone for 100 years, right? Yeah. Then they were like, oh, he must be dead. Went to the water tribes, took all the benders, except for, of course, Shino Katar, and didn't kill them, but kept them um, captive and said, find the Avatar and you can come back. That man did not want his son to come back. Yeah. Like, when He's he, a crap father. He Sorry. was so... Also, um, I realized this, I think, last week... On my timeline, a lot of Avatar stuff has just been popping up. 
But um, I realized that, like, the reason why they killed Katara's mother is because of the bloodbender. I can't remember her name right now. Her name is Kaya. 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 Oh, yeah, wow. Kaya, yeah. Kaya's, Kaya. Yeah, Kaya is the name of um of Katara's mother. Yeah. No, no, not Katara's mother. The one that um bloodbended. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, are you talking about the uh, old lady? Yeah, yeah the old yeah. lady, yeah. The that old... episode creeped me out, by oh, the way. Oh, facts. I'm that was a Halloween episode. Day. I remember I'm that. I'm still scared of that episode to this day. That episode creeped me out. Like, but the writers did a fantastic job. The reason why they killed her mom was because of the bloodbender she was the one controlling the um the she's the only one that left one right and they assumed that she would go back to where the um the the southern water tribe tribe. and when katara was the only bender left her mom was like okay they were just taking you know to like a little captivity place whatever no, because um, the bloodbender got out by bloodbending. They were like, I don't want any traces of this. I don't want to go... Th- uh, Fire Nation was like, I don't want any traces of this. I don't want to go ever do this again. So go out there, find her, and kill her. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and see, there are so many deep story points throughout this whole series. Like, even was the, the episode where Zuko, Azula... Tylee and May go to the beach. That yeah. that was that was also a really good episode. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like you would think that an episode where they go to the beach is like, oh, it's just like a filler episode. No, nope. no, it's not canon. Like that, that is that. That's like, like I said, there was no wasted episode with no, this show, and it's. I'm, I would argue that there maybe are a few, but we'll really? talk about yeah, we'll talk okay. about that when we get to like least favorite episodes. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, and and and, and like this for me, even if there are. There's very few, and it's rare for a show to have very few wasted episodes. That yeah. is rare. I, yeah, like, exactly. Like, I would say that out of all the Nicktoons that had ever come out, I would say that Avatar is definitely, like, the most concise. Yeah. It's the most tightly written, and uh, there are no episodes that you cannot skip out on. You have to remember that at a time when not a lot of cartoons had, like, stories in their um, episodes. Like, yeah. you could just, like, watch an episode, and you wouldn't miss anything, and then you'll watch another episode, and it'll be like, oh, everybody returns to the status quo or something like that. Right. You know, cartoons were starting to become that way because they were heavily influenced what, what anime was doing. And there were a few cartoons that came out before then, but it was very rare. And so Avatar definitely uh, was a cartoon that you had to watch every single week to know yes. what was going on. Yes, ex- ex- If you exactly. missed the episode, you were lost. And, like, even when they did the previously on Avatar, like, there was... Like they gave you like like the key pieces to understand what's going on, but there were still things that you should have watched yeah. for you to fully understand what was going on in this episode. So, yeah. th- like, well done with the writers yes. and the creators. Well done. Props to you guys. Yes, well done. Yeah, let, let's talk about um, you know not only the, uh, the 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 writers, but you know we also have to talk about you know the people involved with the inspiration for the bending. Like yeah. some people already know that uh, you know the bending was based off of four different martial arts. There yeah. was. Uh, Huangar, Tai Chi, um, Shaolin. Shaolin Kung Fu, and they were all done by Sifu Kisu, who did that. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, he was the one who, when he performed it, the uh, you, they would basically like draw from his um, techniques. Right. And then they brought in, um, uh, then they brought in, I think, Sifu Pablo to do the the um, the earthbending for Toph. Was the earthbending Wushu? I have to look it up, but, uh, uh, yeah, so it was based off of, like, four different styles of martial arts, and, you know, Sifu Kisu, uh, if you watch the DVDs, or if you watch behind the scenes of Avatar The Last Airbender, he goes into detail about, like, why he chose those four different martial arts styles 
to um, you know ele- to represent the elements. Like with Tai Chi, for example, Tai Chi is very calm fluid. and yeah. fluid. Yeah. Um, Huang Gar is very like um, assertive, and you get to do a lot of punching. Shaolin Kung Fu is like um, very uh, quick, and um, and it's like a, you know, it, it's all it's just as assertive, but not as like really brute force. Yeah. With the air bending, like it's also very like fluid, and it's very like um, yeah. It, and I, there's a reason why all of those you know had to. Yeah. Um, you know that's why all those um, martial arts styles influence the bending, and that's why it looks the way it does. Yeah, and that's that's another fantastic feat about this show. It's just the attention to detail um, and how methodical they were with building this world, with having various cultures uh, influence this world, various martial arts influence this world, even real life practices, even real life spiritual spiritual practices influence this world which we know as, I guess, Avatar's Earth. But it's it's just fantastic. Even like involving certain mythological creatures, like the owl being a creature of wisdom, and like the lion turtle. That's not the first time we see the, the lion turtle. Well, in this series, yes, but through, just throughout history, that, that is a mythological creature that okay. has Okay, uh, here it is. Yeah, I, I just pulled it up. So airbenders, they use... Um, uh, Boagua's saying, and Earthbenders, yeah, Huang Ga is correct for the Earthbenders, Firebenders is Norland, Shao Kun, Fu, and yeah, and Waterbending is Tai Chi, so yeah. Yeah, so, just, that, that is just fantastic, and I think with all that being said, um, energy bending, I think when that was revealed, that just blew my mind, because mm-hmm. then, I mean, Yes. At first, I thought about, oh, they could do like Dragon Ball Z now, but they didn't go that route. It's like, no, we're just taking away your ability to use your energy. Yeah, yeah. They, th- yeah, exactly. So, it, I mean, like, can you imagine of uh, being able to do that? When Aang was doing that to the Fire Lord, it's like, I took away your bending. Now you, you're basically powerless. Yes. And, yeah, no, that was a pretty smart way of doing it because it's like, you know, Aang didn't want to kill him. And, um, you know, he didn't want to set him free because of all the chaos that he did. Right. You realize that everybody in the... I remember watching it and, like, talking to friends about it. They would be like, why couldn't Aang just kill him? Like, who cares? Like, you should have just killed him. Aang couldn't. He was the very last Aeronomad. He had to have a reputation for them. Yeah. Like, he had to up, like if he killed him, that would tarnish the Aeronomad's whole reputation everything about the air nomads would be destroyed in that instant and see that's one thing that did i mean i knew that a lot of buddhist monks represent a peaceful lifestyle but i'm like you guys can air bend that's like you could take the air out of people's lungs if you want to like you know you could they shouldn't have lost but for the culture that they embrace for the excuse me for the lifestyle that they embrace it it made sense as as to why they were wiped out. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. They weren't wiped out because it was a fair fight. They were wiped out because they ambushed them and came to them unexpectedly. And it was just like they had they weren't prepared for that fight. No, they weren't. They, they, they weren't, they yeah. Came, the, what I've realized is that whoever wins can change the history of really what happened. Right. And, and that's what they did. Remember right. when Aang was in school? Yeah, I was about to say that. And then he was like, no, that's not what happened. They ambushed the air nomads. And the teacher was like, how would you know that? You know, he's like, oh, just a lucky guess or something like that. You know, that was powerful because and that's another message. Yes. Wh- whoever controls the power can control the narrative. Yeah. And we see that in that episode. Yeah. And also another episode that we do get to see from the perspective of um, 
you know, uh, we get to see the perspective of the Fire Nation, you know, from different eyes. When we go to season three, one of the first episodes we have is the headband. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah they go over to the Fire Nation school. They try to, um, you know, blend in with the crowd. And you have... Flamio Hotman. Uh, Flamio <laughs> Hotman, yes. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> then we have Aang, you know being taught about, like, the Fire Nation and the, you know, Fire Lord Ozai and having the strict discipline and all that stuff. and No dancing. Yes, no dancing. Yeah. Man, that episode, that's when we really see, also going to the romance out of it, yeah, that's when we really do see Katara and Aang, like, Loki flirting with one another very, very hard. Yeah. Like, with the whole dancing and all that stuff, well, doing, um... Huh. Water bending. The dances, yeah. Yeah, the dancing and all that stuff. We see that hardcore, but we also, taking it now from the romance, like you're saying, we really see their eyes. through it. We see it through their eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, another episode like that was when Sokka and, Frit, um, and Zuko go to the bowling point. Oh, that was a great episode. It was. Fantastic That is also episode. one of my favorites. In my head, I was really debating, like, which one? But, um... When they go to the boiling point and uh, the boiling rock, the, the boiling, boiling rock, rock, yeah, you're right. Um, and we get the Sokka is talking to the guards, and he's like, "Hey," and um, they were. It was another male guard talking with him. He's like, "Hey, just word of advice: don't try to hook up with the female guard and all that stuff. Like, don't try to flirt with them." And we see like they're normal people too. Like in our eyes, they're always like the bad guys, the tyrants, the whatever. Like they don't have a life outside of this, but they really are people just like they were they were they were just brought into this war because they were born into it not because they had a choice and i think that that's a good point because we also get to see that the citizens of the fire nation are also victims yeah of the fire nation's just brutal method of control and like world dominance and one episode that really stands out to me is the painted lady episode where qatar pretends to be the spirit of this painted lady and how things just turn around for that village. Yeah, because the village was heavily polluted because there was a factory going on that was done by the Fire Nation. Right, and at the end of it all, the actual spirit comes to Katara and says, thank you. Yeah. You know, and that was kind of cool to see. So, oh, wow. Um, oh, wow. There's just so much to talk about. There is. Yeah, there show. is. Yeah, for sure. And I think we have to do a two-part. <laughs> Possibly. Maybe. Well, we'll just we'll have to wait and see. But um, yeah. Um, anyway, I was going over to like least favorite episodes when mm-hmm. I was talking about earlier. Um, general consensus, from what I know from fans of Avatar: The Last Airbender, their least favorite episode is the Great Divide. Which one? Really? Oh, with like the oh, with like the two warring yeah the like, two factions yeah the two warring factions. You had the Zhangs and the Ganjins. Yeah, Zhangs were like the oh that episode. Yeah, so like you had like the really pristine quote-unquote society and then you had the quote-unquote barbaric rampant society yeah, yeah they had to go through this they had to go yeah. through this great divide so they can be able to head over to bossing say i remember i remember that episode i remember when i first watched it and i was like okay this is kind of cool and for me i actually liked the episode yeah i think the one thing that a lot of people were just irritated about was the ending if you remember from the ending where the the Zhangs and the Ganjins were arguing with each other, and then 
um, you know, Aang learns about uh, Jin Wei and Wei Jin. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah I know those guys. Um, they, were like, they were like twins or something like that. Yeah, they were yeah. like twin yeah. brothers, and they were like four years old, and they were playing uh, like a, a sports game or something like that. And, and, you know, it's like, oh, that's what we were arguing for 100 years? And then they decided to get along. And then Katara was like, oh, it was lucky that you knew those guys. Uh, and and was like, no, I didn't. I just made it up. Yeah, yeah. He, he made the whole thing up. And, it, and then everybody was like, everybody was like, why did Aang do that? Why did Aang lie? That's not part of who the Avatar is. Sometimes, I'm not, that was funny to me. Like, I was like, LOL, this man just lied to keep the stuff fighting. But like, see, but they failed to realize that episode showed the stupidity of squabbling over things that happened hundreds of years ago that yeah. you really don't know the real history behind. You know, because yeah, yeah. see, there's always one person's side of the story, then the other person's side, and then there's the truth. I think what what, what fans wanted to know was the real reason why they were arguing. Yeah, that's and, something we'll never know. And, and, and yeah, like that can be interpreted by by us fans. I think that's what the like. The, I think that's if I had to guess, I think that's what the writers were trying to do. Like, we'll leave it up to the fans to really interpret what happened between these right. two guys, if there were even two guys. You yeah, know? we not, we don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, um. I know we're on least favorite shows, but I'm going to change the topic. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay. For sure. Um, so I was just thinking back to when, like, you know, like, Aang, of course, is an um, air nomad and, like, Avatar on stuff. And there are certain situations where it was like, hey, Aang, why don't you just use your powers to, like, like make the smoke go away, like, so you can see better, right? And there's this one scene. They do this, com- like, they do this comically, com- comedically? Yeah, comedically. Yeah, comedically. Comedically, where it's like... Aang has, like, a bunch of dust, smoke, all that stuff around him. And um, they're fighting Zuko and the ship and, and the pirates. And, and the pirates, yeah, that was at funny. The bank, at the shore, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, basically, Aang really is just like, why there's all the smoke around? Let me just, you know, in a way. I did a hand motion. I kind of wish we had a camera. Yeah. But... <laughs> um, he basically, like, whooshes the air away. All the knives and stuff are pointing at him at that moment in time when he sees it. And he's like, oh, yikes. Wrong moment. And, like, puts it all back around him. That and, was like, funny. That was so funny. Like, they did that all. They had times like that where it was, like, serious and times like that where it was funny. And I loved the funny side of it because it was like, LOL. Like, we see what you're doing here. Yeah, it didn't yeah. work out. Yeah, there, there's a lot of funny moments in this show for sure. Like, our, uh, one of my favorite funny moments was when you know after they went over to the library and they were sur- stranded in the desert after Appa was kidnapped. Oh. Sokka, Sokka yeah. drank the cactus juice. That was hilarious. Oh man, that, that dude was, was high as a kite. That was nah, so funny. He was funny. higher than a kite. He was up there with God. Oh man, that that was that was crazy. That was hilarious. Um, Oh, boy. Drink it! It'll quench you! It's the quenchiest! And then, like, didn't Momo drink some too? Yep. And Momo was just, like, flying around in circles. I can't even do his, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the way, shout out to D. Bradley Baker, who did the voice of Appa and Momo. Yeah. Like, that is crazy. I, I thought they just used animal sounds. No, yeah. that's a human being. Yeah, wow, exactly. Wow. If, you're, if you're listening to animal sounds in a cartoon, it's either D. Bradley Baker or Frank Welker. Yeah, yeah, and that's, wow, that's wow. just really impressive. Um, let's see. My least favorite episode. Mm, I, don't, I, don't. I I personally wasn't a huge fan of Avatar Day. Yeah, I was gonna Which say Avatar either Avatar Day when uh, Aang's put on trial for something that Avatar oh, Kyoshi did. Yeah, yeah. It's either that one or 
No, I do like the fortune teller. That's actually a the good fortune teller is good. I'm. I, I know. I know a lot of people. Uh, from what I know from consensus, some people weren't a f- huge fan of Bato of the Water Tribe. Oh, where uh, Sokka and Katara meet. Um, Their old friend Bato. Yeah, yes. I don't know why they didn't like wait, that. Wait, wait. I think the reason why they didn't like that was because you have the scene in which when Aang gets a letter from the Water Tribe soldier about like the coordinates to where uh, Aang, uh, Katara and Sokka's father were. Yeah. And he didn't want them to leave. Yeah. So he kept the map in his pocket and he blew away any evidence that you know the soldier came by. Right. When Katara and Sokka found out, they were furious yeah. and they left. Right. But that episode is really important because not only it introduced us to Bato, but it introduced us to June. June. Oh, that was the lady the with bo- the... The bounty hunter with the yes, crazy Yes, she is a beast. Yeah, I she, love June. I she, wish I had more information about her. She kind of gave me... No, you know what? Combustion Man kind of gave me the Boba Fett vibe where he was just a beast and then all, all of a sudden he's just gone. Like, what? Wait, 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 hold on. What? I want more of Combustion Man. You know, but... Yeah, we, we kind of do get somewhat more of that when we get to Korra. Korra, yes. Which... Yeah. I will say it's not as good as as good of a series, but I still enjoyed Korra. I don't get the whole hate behind it. Yeah, you know, it, it sucks. It's not like no, it's, it's, it's not supposed to be like Avatar: The Last Airbender. It literally is a different show, a different Avatar. Like it's you're not gonna get the same thing. Yeah. It's not a sp- it is it's not necessarily a spinoff. It's just part two of the journey. It's, and I think people are just expecting it to be exactly like that, and you can't get that, and you can't get that with two different shows. Right. So I mean, I don't know. It's, but I think um, I think I will agree with you, Patricia. Avatar Day might be my least favorite, but I do appreciate what the episode was trying to do. Yeah, it was trying to give a bit of a backstory to Kiyoshi. Yes. But the execution didn't really work very well. Yeah. Especially that ending. That ending just sucked. Yeah, like where um, the Rhino Riders come and. Avatar stays and like, oh, there's a new reason for Avatar Day, you know? Yeah, see, the day where we didn't boil the Avatar in oil and we're going to serve you raw dough. Yeah, I was like, oh, good Lord. But and what I also didn't like is how Avatar Kiyoshi is like, yeah, I, I did kill him because your fearless leader was a tyrant. He was the Fire Lord in my time. As, you know, I mean, she didn't yeah. say that per se, but he was a, 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 a type of, yeah, he was a tyrant. And these people were so ignorant. Oh, well, well we're still going to boil you alive. I was like, what? I mean, it goes back to what we were saying about the Great Divide. It's like, even if you do learn about the history, it's like, oh, you know. I'm right, you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah, so that, I think, kind of irritated me. Like, even as an adult, like, so you find out that your glorious leader from way back then was actually a, a, a tyrant who was trying to control all four, you know, or not control, but he was, he was trying to take over Earth. Like, he wanted just one big Earth kingdom. You know, and Avatar Kyoshi put an end to it. Yeah. Well, yeah. actually, it was his fault that he died. He he didn't move. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, that, yeah, I think that would be my least favorite episode. Probably. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, another thing that I really need to talk about, Avatar, I mean, we went over some of the characters. We went over some of the episodes. We need to talk about the music. Oh, oh. My gosh. Oh, the music. I don't know if you guys are any anime fans. Or I know you two are, but, like, the viewers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know if the viewers are, like, any anime fans. But for me, it's low-key up there with the Naruto soundtrack. It made me feel things that I didn't think I could feel. Like, when Appa went missing, well, got stolen. Yeah. And we see how he was being treated. And that sad music behind it. 
It made me cry. No, yeah, that like, that episode will hit you in the feels. You're like, oh my goodness, like, and like we see how close they were to him, especially Momo. Fi- and then Momo going to like where his print was and laying down there, and it was in the rain. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that like, was a great episode. That was just yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like amazing musical moments, you know, especially with um, you know, we have Admiral Zhao and Prince Zuko's Agni Kai. Yeah, that yes. was great. That was. Oh, I mean, and like shout out to the Matrix because you could definitely see some uh, scenes that were influenced by yeah. the like slow mo fighting and all yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, but I think for me, the the two musical pieces that really moved me were both dealing with Iro, uh, especially yeah. like when he sings that song, that like song about the soldier coming home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. leaves from the, the vines. Yeah, that oh, that falling so slow. That that song kind of just okay, okay, gets me really emotional, you know. Yeah, but yeah. it's but it's so well done. I, I I need to know who did the scores for these episodes. Like yeah. that, they did a fantastic job. They needed a raise for how well they did, and they also used instruments and like music from Asian culture. Yeah. They did, you know, yes. and I really appreciated that. Um, that also kind of set the tone for this world. Um, one complaint I do have about the show, I would have loved to see Aang in the spirit world more. Mm-hmm. And I know in, in like the comics we kind of see that. Yeah. But um, I would have loved to see him ex- explore that like as a child. Like That would freak me out. Like, I'm in the spirit world? What the heck? Like, Cole, the face-snatching spirit? That dude scared the heck out yeah. of me, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you guys remember that episode when Sokka went into the spirit world? Yeah. Yeah, by the uh, force spirit. Yeah. yeah. Um, why did I bring that up? Oh, I was going to make a joke. Like, he could not use the bathroom in there at all. Like, there's no bathroom, apparently, in the spirit world. No, there's not. Yeah, didn't he say that? He yeah, was, he did. Yeah, that was funny. That I was, was like, funny. wow, wow. But, um, I had something else to say. What were you talking about? Spirit world. Before that. Code the face sealer. Oh, are you talking about like music for the show? Mm-mm. You said you didn't like. Th- oh, yeah. Um, I was th- that no, he, he he explored more of the spirit world. Oh, you brought up the comics. That's what it was. By the way, where can we find the comics? Because I do want to like read them. Dark Horse, I think, is the one that publishes it. Yeah, Dark Horse. Yeah, Dark, cool, 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 cool. Dark Horse. Oh. Yeah, and uh, you know, just recently they published the uh, backstory of Kyoshi. Yeah, yeah. Which is very sad. Very, very. She I've she heard. Had, she had a rough life and. I don't think Nickelodeon would have allowed that whole story arc to be aired. Yeah, if if they wouldn't have allowed, um, you know, Avatar: The Search, they definitely wouldn't have allowed, you What's know, the Search. Oh well, let's we'll get to that in a minute. Oh yes, because let's, let's go to our next segment because yes. we need to talk about the movie. Oh good oh. lord, do we have to? <laughs> yes, we have to. Oh, I know lord. it's Avatar, but like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Yes, let's uh, let's rip this band-aid out really quick. So I'm gonna be honest. I watched it when I was a kid. I liked it, but it was because I was a kid. And I was like, "Oh my god, live action of my favorite TV show!" Cool, cool, cool. I mean, I know and how then, you feel because as a kid, I loved Batman and Robin. As an adult, that movie's terrible. Yeah. Yes. Going back and rewatching it, I said, "Why did I ever love this movie?" And I realized it was my childhood, like, enthusiasm. Like, I was so excited about this. And even then, I remember um, watching the movie after it ended. I said, this isn't what it was supposed to be. Like, I realized that, but I didn't fully hit me again until I rewatched it a few years down the line. Yeah. 
Okay, so go ahead, go ahead, Patricia. <laughs> Just take us away. Yes, yes, let's do so. So M Night Shyamalan claimed that he was a huge fan of Avatar: The Last Airbender, and that his kids absolutely loved it. So he took the reins of it, and we already know that this was not like, uh, you know, Glass or Split. M Night Shyamalan. Yes. This was oh. the happening M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, I mean, disclaimer. I think he can direct well. I, I think when he, you know, is really in his bag, he can make great films. Unbreakable, Split. I still haven't seen Glass, but I love Signs. I love The Sixth Sense. He can direct. Yeah. He can tell stories. But I think this was, like, the time when he was kind of, like, feeling himself too much. Like, yeah, you know, I'm in on Shyamalan. I could do what I want. I mean, I would love to work for the guy. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I think that The Last Airbender and After Her, that gave him his humble pie. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, I, re- I remember hearing that the creators of, Last, or of, of, of Avatar pretty much gave him everything he needed. Like, yo, this is our Avatar book. Like, any questions you have, you will find in this book. If you guys have any questions, just ask us. And it's like... You didn't use that at all. No, he did. They didn't. First of all, they decided to be more "quote unquote" authentic by changing the names of the characters. So we have Ong. Ong. I was like, "What the heck?" Then they keep Katara and Sokka's name. No, they, they changed Sokka's to Soka. Soka, and yeah, Katara. I think is, is the only one. Yeah, it, the name. yeah. Katara. Well, I do not remember that. And and Zuko. Zuko. Z- Zuko was still the same. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they changed a few things up. I mean, like, if you watch the movie, like, every single moment that you have is just exposition, exposition, exposition. It's like, you know, you have to explain about what's going on. Essentially, you're trying to cram a 20... Yeah, you're trying to cram a 20-episode season into a a one-and-a-half-hour movie. That's not going to happen. Yeah, that's definitely not going to happen. They yeah. squeezed everything. They squeezed in from the boy in the iceberg all the way up into the invasion the, of the from, yeah, yeah the invasion of the Northern Water Tribe. And, right. and, you know that, that is too much. That is twenty episodes, and each of those episodes are filled with complex things. I mean, they, the way that they did the episode, in, uh, the, you know, they did that scene for Imprisoned. You know, the episode in which they took Katara over to the Fire Nation ship as a prisoner, yeah, surrounded so, by other yeah. Earthbenders, so that she could free the Earthbenders. Yeah. That that yeah. was actually a good episode. That yeah. was a good episode. Horribly executed in the movie. Terrible. I that mean, was in the movie. Yeah. Wow, wow. I do not remember this movie then. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, they, instead of taking her to a ship, they, you know, they're they're taking over to like this, you know, like play, you know, this piece of land where the Earthbenders are just like sad because you know they were captured. It's like you're surrounded by Earth. What are you guys doing? Yeah, that that I remember that pissed me off too. I was like, what? The that whole makes point no sense. of them being captured is to be on a ship where they couldn't Earthbend, surrounded I mean, by. Water. Exactly. Yeah, that be- was the whole premises. Wait, what? That just got me upset. It- what? <laughs> Stupid. Exactly. Stupid. What? And I knew this movie was going to be bad when they actually had a scene, and it was said line for line from the first episode, "The Boy in the Iceberg." When Katara accidentally freezes Sokka in ice, and he goes Katara, and they kept that in the film. I said, "Oh my god, the they're acting doing is this." Atrocious. I want you to understand. All I remember about this movie is the um, invasion scene, and like Aang going into like Ong. you mean Ong? Yes, Ong. We have to Ong. <laughs> yes, going into like his beast mode before Avatar State when it was like the water blob that you're doing. Yeah, and you remember that's all I remember. And you remember how Admiral Zhao died when the beast grabbed him and, and dragged just him, into dragged water. him in. In the movie, he was killed by four regular waterbenders. Yes, I was like, what? Nuts? Yeah, stupid. What? 
By the way, it, it, it was cool to see Admiral Zhao and Korra when she was in like the spirit world. I was that like, was, yes, I was like, oh, snap. Yeah, that yeah. was awesome, where he was just like stuck in like this position where he's like slowly going insane. Yeah. That like, was awesome. That, that, that was great to see. I was like, okay, they, they did well with this. Um, okay, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so, The okay. film was just, just terrible. But in my Shyamalan, thank you for kind of, you know, regaining yourself and making Split. And I, I hear Glass is good. And I hear his new show on Apple TV is really good. Mm-hmm. Is it Savant or a Sir? Something, something. Yeah, something, I think Servant, I think. Servant, something like that. Yeah, something like that. But I, 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 I hear it's great. So kudos to M. Knight. Uh, I'm glad that he's back on track because I do think he can direct. I, I think he did. I think he is an effective storyteller when he, you know... Yeah. yeah, I think that, you know, Avatar, I think it was just, like, cramming too much in and changing things that weren't necessary to be changed. Yes, like... Anyway, so, you know, we're done with the movie. Thank God. Okay, Thank so, Jesus. yeah, the reason why I brought up the movie was because uh, Mike DiMartino and Brian Canesco was just so furious about how the movie turned out. They were like, let's see if we can be able to do our own TV movie for Avatar The Last Airbender. So, it was called Avatar The Search. It was supposed to take place right after season three. And it was supposed to be the story in which finally, you know... We find out what happened with... You know, Zuko's mothers. Yes. Yeah. But, then we had a show called The Legend of Korra come out. So... Uh, you know, I'm sure some people already know about the story of what, how The Legend of Korra came to be, so Nickelodeon didn't want to pick it up at first because, oh, it's a show that has a female protagonist. It's like, okay, we'll let you do one season. Season does really well. Fantastic. But then they were like, oh, n- now, uh, you know, more. we want season two. And they were like, oh, but we planned on doing this, uh, you know, this uh, TV movie. It's like, we want a season two of Legend of Korra. And they were like, okay, we'll make the, the story that we made up into the comic book. And that's how we came, that's how we have the comic books today. Yeah, and that, it's, and, you know, Dante, his last name, DeBasco? No, 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 Michael, uh, it's uh, Michael Dante DiMartino. No, 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 like the voice actor for Zuko. What's his oh, name? Uh, Dante Bosco. Uh, Dante Bosco. I said DeBosco. Dante Bosco, he was really, like, petitioning for this story to be animated and put on Nick. Like, I remember he had videos of him reading, like, some of Zuko's lines from the comic book. I'm like, oh, they have to do this. Come on, guys. This is a story that we need to happen. And the story is really, it's a great story. It is a really good it's story. It's sad, but it's, 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 it's great. Yeah, no, I... On YouTube, I found Zuko's story, like Zuko's mom's story. Yeah, that that was heartbreaking. Yeah, it like, was really, it was she really. She literally gave up her face, her life. Not, no, no. Like she had a whole love. Like she had a whole life before them. Before, like when I first saw, heard about Zuko's mom, I thought, oh, they just fell in love, then he became evil. No, that man has been evil from day one. Yeah, yeah. Don't they have like a sibling? Yeah, she does. She has a young girl. Um, by the by, her first love. Yeah, because when she left, then she like then they get married. Yeah, like she had yeah, her face yeah. changed, name changed, everything. Sorry, guys. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Well, I mean, it's been like over like a few years. I think, yeah, I think it's been more than a decade. I mean, I really don't at care. This point but in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys should go read it or at, at least watch YouTube videos of it. Yeah, I mean, that's it's, how I found out. And then also, really, YouTube has helped me like I guess keep up with the comics. But I want to, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. read them. You know, okay, sorry. I, I, I meant to mention this when we were talking about the movie. One thing the movie did well, 
there's like a prequel story for Zuko that ties both into the show and to the movie. Yeah. That was well done. Yeah, I agree. Besides that, everything else was trash about the yeah, film. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it wasn't really good. Yeah. Anyway, but, um, yeah, I mean, the reason why I brought this up is because, um, um, you know, we have the Netflix series coming out. Um, yes. You know, the yeah. Avatar The Last Airbender live action series. and I'm um, actually excited for this. Yeah, yes. Michael DiMartino and Brian Kinesco are going to come back as executive producers. So we saw a... Tr- teaser trailer for it and we saw like a picture of Appa in the air but nothing of it has come out as of the making of this podcast um for me personally like Ian knows this Patricia uh Ian knows this Patricia I don't think you do for me I do not look at trailers at all okay oh, yeah because yeah, like for, I don't do- yeah she, she doesn't she like for me like I didn't even know they I knew it was about the show but I didn't know they had the um teaser picture trailer. of Appa and, and all that stuff like I'm just not finding this out. I'm very curious about it, but... See, I have hope for this show. Not because I thought it was going to be bad, because you actually have the original creators coming back and, yeah. and some of the same authors coming back, or the same authors, same writers coming back. Um, but for those that have watched The Witcher, Netflix did a fantastic job with that show, and so did this show, like Runners and all, and all that stuff. If they put that much care into this Live action, last Airbender series, it's, it's, it's going to be just fine. Yeah. It's going to be just fine. And I pray Netflix does that because, from what I'm understanding, they're going to, like, season one is going to be a portion of the animated season one. It's not going to be the whole season one that was that was animated. So yeah, like, I mean, like, if they did that, then what's the point? Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's like each season is going to be a portion of each book. There we go. That's how I should say it. So there might be, like, three seasons for, like, book one, three seasons for, for like, book two, and three for, like, book three. And, 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 and who knows? They might tell the story of Zuko's mom in live action, yeah. which yeah, I would love to see. They'll probably do, like, the rest of the comics. Uh, like, maybe we might actually have... You know, Zuko's mom. Maybe we will have when Toph is starting off the metal-bending school and the police yes. force. And, you know, the story of Avatar Yang Chen and Kyoshi yeah. and all that stuff. I and, mean, we could have those stories. And then who think. knows, they might bring Avatar 1 in, into play. And I would not mind seeing Korra in, in live action. Like I said, I'm yeah. not on that bandwagon of hating Korra. I'm, I'm not. I'm sorry. I still enjoyed that show. So, I mean, especially seasons 1 and 3. Those are, yeah. I think... Really good seasons. I will say that seasons three and four are my favorites. Really? Four was all right to me. I think that four was really good because it brought in a diplomat. I mean, you have Kuvira who is strictly trying to better the world. You know, her thinking that the Avatar is just not needed anymore. And I thought that she was really interesting. And, you know, know, her portrayal, uh, you know, Zelda Williams, who plays as her, was phenomenal. No, no, she she did do a, a, a good job. I think for me, my favorite villain... Besides Aman is Zaire. Zaire is amazing. Fantastic villain. Agreed. Wonderful. For yeah. me, I haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet. That's or, fine. Um, but I do know about some aspects of the show. Like, you know, how um, Kor and... Um, how do you pronounce your name? I'm sorry. Asami? Asumi? Asami. Asami, Asami yeah. I was close. Look at God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love how they... I know they got together at the end. They and did. it's canon in the comics. It is. I, yeah. That I see. And yeah, like the first, like the first issue of the Korra comics was, you know, her telling her parents that she's seen Asami. Yeah. So, and yeah. what I love about that is seeing that, seeing my representation on TV. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. Because right. Yeah. as a kid, I didn't have that. Right. And I'm loving that it's in, like, I love that it's in the show, it's in the comics and stuff. I know that's probably not going to become, you know, 
more likely animated anytime soon. But I like, mean, that's true. Yeah, for sure. But I, I'm hoping that it is in the live action. And yeah, and see, and like that's the thing. If this live action show does well, I'm going to predict that it will. Um, and I would love to see Dave Filoni come back. Take a break from Disney, Dave, and you know, come do some stuff with Netflix. Then you can go back. Just do like two, two or, or three episodes per season. Yeah. yeah. You know, then, then you can go back. But um, if the if, if the mouse will will let you. But I mean, I wouldn't mind working for the mouse. But it, if, anyways, so um, <laughs> so uh, I I would love to see him come back because of his work he did with the Mandalorian. And I think you can you felt Dave's presence in season one. The thing is, this, the show writers and directors were so great that in season two and three, you missed him, but it didn't hurt the show at all. No, it, it elevated gone. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I mean, hey, I think they've learned, like, okay, maybe some, certain things I did with Last Airbender might not work with Clone Wars. But, you know, and I, I just want pure storytellers to work on this show. Yeah. That's what I want. Tell us pure stories. Because that's what made the last, or yeah, Avatar, the last Airbender so great with these pure stories. Yeah. Well thought out, well loved stories. You can tell when someone loves what they do with these stories. Mm-hmm. And and we got that with every season with Avatar, the last Airbender. Yeah. And I mean, like 15 years later, to the day, people are still talking about it. I mean, you were even mentioning that, you know, social media is going everywhere about it. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's, it's just amazing, you know? It's crazy. Like, oh my gosh, how did I almost forget about Jet? Oh, oh yes. Yes. Yes, Jet. Oh my Jet. gosh. So, do you remember, well, okay, this is going to be after his death. Yeah. But do you remember when they went to the um, beach, all, like the gang, Yeah. went to the beach, and there was that terrible play about them? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, and then, and then Jet. <laughs> and then, no, no, and Zuko was like, wait, Jet died? He didn't realize this. He had to see. He had to sit that's that right. play yeah. and watch Z- a jet become brainwashed and die. Yeah, that's right. Like, do you? That was just like, I. This man and I, we hung out. We stole food together. We and did. then he tried to fight me, but I mean, he. I mean, he jet was right. They yeah. were. They were firebenders. Yeah, but like he had to. And Sokka's over here. Like, yeah, no, that's not. It's pretty unclear still if he died or not. But like, bruh, Toph, Clayton, like Toph said, yeah, no. He's dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, sorry. I mean, like, like, I mean, you have to understand. I mean, how often do you get to see an episode that basically just like, you know, reference itself? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the last time that I remember something like that was on reboot. Oh man, you might not know what that show is. I'm there. too young. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's actually a, a, a good show in itself. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, um, so basically, what the you know for that episode, it's called the Fire Emblem Players, and it's essentially like you know the fans knew. Uh, the fans were, like, talking about, like, their opinions about, like, Avatar and all that kind of stuff. And the creators were listening in on social media yes. and all that stuff. And they were like, let's do this episode and let's just make fun of it. So they decided to, like, have this whole, you know, over-the-top thing with, like, Aang and Katara. You know, like, Katara being like, oh, you know, I'm the goody two-shoes and I'm the mother of the group. And then yeah. Toph plays, like, this guy. Yeah. And Toph that was so excited when he, she heard that. He, she said, I sound like a guy that's really big and strong. Is that me? Is that me? They said, yes. She said, Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I like it. That episode was so great because it kind of took away from the weight of what was going yeah. on, and it was like a breather. Yeah. But it then, was. as soon as that plays over, back to reality. Yeah. 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 
Exactly. And I, I think, but at the same time, you need that episode because yes. that was when Ank and Katara were talking to each other because, you know, the play was showcasing about like, oh, you know, I love you and all that kind of stuff. Like and, a little brother or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah like, because of the cave of two lovers. Yeah. yeah. And um, that that episode was, it was funny and it it showed us how far these, these characters have come. Yeah. You know, um, one thing I forgot to mention was the Order of the White Lotus. Oh, yes. that was good. That was so well that done. That was a plot twist to me as a kid. Yes, that was so well done with all these members, King Boomy, um Zhang Zhang the Deserter. Yeah, Zhang yeah, Zhang Zhang. Uh, that was actually a great episode. And also the, in the, and the Swordsman as well. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- like all of those just goats as far as like, like what they do. And when Iroh broke out of prison and we saw how Whoa. buff he got, Whoa. I was like, oh man, like, Iroh, this is the Dragon of the yeah. West. Iroh breaking out of prison, mind blowing. I said, like, when he was, they were like, oh, you're not going to eat, yada, yada, yada. He's like, all right, push ups, push ups, push ups, pull ups, sit ups, squats. I'm like, oh, okay, he's about to be a beast. Okay. um, Going back to Jet, like, his storyline was just, as a kid, I didn't understand it, of course. Like I said, a lot of things went over my head. But rewatching it, it was really just like, Wow, this man—he really—he thought he was Red Riding. I mean, I was gonna say Red Riding Hood. <laughs> Rob, Robin Hood. Robin. Yeah, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah, he was Robin Hood trying to like take from the rich, give back to the poor, and it was working. But then he just got lost in it. Yeah, yeah, you know, it kind of—I know you might not really care, Malia, but kind of—he he reminds me. Well, actually, a Star Wars character reminded me of him. Who was Saw Gerrera, who we first meet in you know Clone Wars, and then we see in uh, Star Wars like Rogue One how far in the deep end he went, and that reminded me of like oh that's Jet from Last Airbender, you know. Yeah. So like that's also a well done character who died. I did not expect him to die. Yeah, that it, that was crazy. It was that I think that's the not the first time we touched on death in the show, but that's the first time we saw it on screen. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that was the I first time. I think. I'm not way too sure. Like, death has been mentioned, but that's the first time, like, we've seen something like that. Being brainwashed, being taken, like, being held captive, yeah. and then dying. That was just, no, that like, was just wild. I, I, like, yes, and, and lest we forget about, you know, the guy who directed that episode of Jet was Dave Filoni. Also, he, wait, like, the first episode of Jet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, wait, he came in for the second. I was like, oh, he came in for the second season. Oh, no. But uh, I mean, well, Jet was the f- was first season. Yeah, 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 first season. But continue the second season. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, and yeah, and see, that's why we get the the because Sagarera was a character that George wanted into the show. But yeah. then Dave said, okay, I'm going to give him this twist. And then George said, I love that. Keep that. And you kind of see why George wanted Dave Filoni along this Clone Wars ride with him because. You need a pure storyteller, someone who's going to go in different areas, not just the main plot. Let's 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 add layers to this thing. Like, yeah. do you guys get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I mean, like like for example, like what you were talking about um, with you know the tales of Bossing Say. I mean, you got layers with that. You got you know the you know I mean sure, Iroh's story is phenomenal, but another favorite story of mine is with Katara and Toph. Yes, that was. Yes. I mean, every story was good in the in the episode, Wait, even Sokka's. <laughs> Can we just quickly acknowledge how the gang always forgot she was blonde, and that was the funniest thing I've ever seen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the scene in which when Katara and Toph were fighting, and Aang decided to write a letter uh-huh. over to, um, you know, to, to Toph, and, you know, then she's like, oh, yeah, wait, I remember, Toph can't read, and Toph can't write because she's blind. 
But they still sent us a guitar. And oh, guitar, guitar was like, God, stop it. Tough can't write. And yeah, that, like, that, oh, that, oh, yeah, that was funny. It's like, oh, yeah, but wait. What if we wrote a letter for Toph saying it was from Guitar? It's like, oh, wait, Toph can't reach. He's blind. Yeah, that 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 episode is funny. I mean, there's just so many great episodes. Yeah, and, but so here's the thing. Episodes. I mean, like, even though we had that episode with, you know, Toph and Guitar fighting, and then they ended up in prison, and then Guitar learned about different water abilities, like, you know, when she was, like, sweating, and then she, you know, cut the prison... Um, you know, bars. But then the episode that followed that was about the blood bending, where yes. she learned more about water bending. scared me as a child. And I loved how blood bending was a huge story point in Legend of uh, Korra. Yes, I love that they yeah. brought that back. Like, no, this is a problem. And like, like Aang was away. And and was and not. Aang was gonna lose that fight if it wasn't for the Avatar state. Right. So I'm like, no, that Aang was like, no, I gotta take your bending away. Like, mm-hmm. you're doing this to really hurt people. No, we can't have this. So, I mean, oh, so I, I guess that's another quick question we can talk about. If you could choose any of the elements to bend, which element would you choose? I would choose water. Okay. But I'm going to go into air. Yeah, I think I'm going to choose air. Water does make sense yeah. because even if you're not near a pool or, or like a body of water, you could just use, use it's, people it's, sweat. It's incredibly versatile. Yes. Yeah. Like, and it's very deadly too. Like even if you use like the water molecules in the air, you can use that, you know? So. Yes. But for me, I'm going to choose air because the only time air won't help you is if you're, like, in, like, a closed environment. In space. That's the only time I can think well, like, of it. Yeah, Okay, yeah, too. space, yeah. That's but, the literal only time I think. Because even then, in an enclosed space, you still have some type of air. Yeah, so, I mean, for me, air. And it's just, like I said, I can and suck I can the fly. air out <laughs> of somebody. And, like, when they're about to, like, pass out, I can put it back in them. Yeah, like, you know yeah, I mean? for sure. For sure. So it's like, I would say water. Um... But I feel like I would have too much control. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good example. I mean, earthbending is cool, but if you're not near earth mm-hmm. or metal. I mean, unless, of course, if you're a metal bender like Toph. Yeah, but I mean, if I not. I love how no. nobody said fire. That wasn't even like. No, I mean, I like fire, and it's not because of the Fire Nation. I think what it is, just like what Iroh said, if you're not careful. No, it's not. It's Zhang Zhang. Zhang Zhang, yeah. yeah. If you're not Zhang careful, you can burn people. Yeah. For me, I would if I had the opportunity. Actually, no, I would be the Avatar. Like I would want to control all four. One, I can redirect lightning. That's tough. Yes, you don't need to be the, the, the Avatar to do I that. I know, though. but I want all four. I want okay, all four. yeah, that's fair. Fair enough. I mean, I thought about it. I want all four. But yeah, I mean, no, like the redirecting. I, I, what I would have loved. Because, see, I equate Zuko to Vegeta, kind of. But I think Zuko has better character development mm. than Vegeta does. I mean, unless, of course, if you want to go into, like, um, you know, like, the manga. Or if you want to read more into, like, you know, the backstory of it with um, Dragon Ball Super. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, his 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 character progression does get better over time. Yeah, but, but, but Zuko is, is definitely much more complex. Yeah, I wanted him to be able to shoot lightning himself. That, I think, would have just sent me over the top. But the fact, I kind of like, at the same time, I get why they just kept it to where he can redirect it, because like, he doesn't need it to be Zuko. You yeah, know? Like, exactly. Yeah. And he already has his, his you know, sword abilities. Yeah. Like, you know, he did the blue so spirit. Blue face. Yeah, the blue, this blue spirit, yes. She's a blue face. Blue face. I can't remember what it was oh, called. Oh, isn't blue that, uh, yeah, the, the, the blue spirit. And that was actually great in the Lake Lauga episode, where Zuko left the mask in the yeah. lake. Like, I was like, you don't need this anymore. Right, exactly. That was great. Man. And that I think that's actually one of my favorite episodes of, of season one was the Blue Spirit. Yeah. When he goes to rescue Aang from 
to prison, and then Aang finds out, oh, that's Snap, that's Zuko. Yes. And then Aang's like, yo, do you think we could be friends? Again, foreshadowing what's well, it would going happen to happen in season three. Yes, that's just brilliant storytelling. Mm-hmm. I think that was a Dave Filoni episode, I think. Um, no, no, never mind. It wasn't. I don't know. No, I, I, I don't think so. No. Um, do you guys realize when Zuko became um, Fire Lord, he probably had to tell his, like, tell other countries, like, his other places, like, hey, um, just be careful. Like, you might want to close this area up right here. And it would be like, what do you mean? Like, you have to be submerged underwater for, like, a good minute. And he was just like, you might still want to close this up because when I was a kid, I kind of, you know, did this and the third. Like, he had to really, like, he had to tell people what he did. Like, it, are you talking about in like the Northern Water Tribe? Yeah, or like the Northern Water Tribe. How he got like on the um to the Air Nomads and all that stuff. Like, do you remember the episode when he went to go talk to him? He's like, "Hey guys, we're trying to be good now." Like, character. yeah, like, yeah, I remember. Yeah, where, where Zuko was trying to turn himself in into the Northern Air Temple. Oh, and, and nobody, okay. nobody believed him. Right, and that was where we got introduced to Combustion Man. Yeah, yeah, and he said something like, "Yo, stop, stop." He's like, "Nah, I'm about to finish this." But like, yeah, and then Katara at the end of the episode just straight talked back at him, saying, "If you betray us at any point, I will end you." Yeah. yeah. But, like, when he became Fire Lord, like, he had to, like, go around telling people, like, you might want to strengthen up your security here, here, and here, and here, and here, yeah, because yeah. I, I, he snuck in that way. And, like, but how? What, what did you, what? And he was just, like, I kind of did this when I was a kid. Kind of broke into that. You might yeah. just want to. But, I mean, the, the thing that I like with the comics one is that Zuko's transition to Fire Lord just wasn't that simple. Like, oh, it like, wasn't at all. Like, yeah. Like, if you're, no, no, absolutely not. No, I mean, you have no. to understand, like, you know, he had to talk to the other nations saying, like, yeah, the whole fact that, you know, our nation fought you and tried to conquer you for over a hundred years and we tried to make peace. I mean, he and Aang struggled. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think he got sick again because he was, like, wrestling with, like, what he should do with certain decisions. I can't remember what comic that was. Yeah, I don't remember either, but you have to understand, you know, that's how, and then eventually, you know, you know, with the whole, you know, making peace thing, that's eventually how we got to Republic City. Yes, and I love how, how, like, the comics kind of build up to that. So... I heard the comics are now getting to where it was in Legend of Korra. It is. Yeah, yeah. So, like, like, you see this, like, it, it, it was an Earth Kingdom colony that eventually becomes... Republic City, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yes. And they were beefing because, what, Zuko came? Or, like... I think so. Yeah, and they were like, no, we don't want him here. Like, why did you bring a fiber in here? And, and it makes a lot of sense in Korra why Zuko's daughter was saying, no, I don't want to help you out, you know, with, you know, taking down... Um, what was it like? Was it uh, season three or four that happened where, you know, she was mentioning about like, you know, I don't want to, you know, be involved in this anymore because the Fire Nation has already been through a lot as it is. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, we, I don't want to give people any more fuel. Yeah, because she was she was a new Fire Lord at that point. Yeah. So. Who did Zuko marry? I don't know, actually. We don't know. I mean, it could have been May, but it, it's not, it's never clear. Okay. Yeah. I was just wondering. Yeah. It's never clear. Um, so, and okay, one complaint I do have. Yeah, go ahead. With Legend of Korra, they, I don't know, you might know more about this, Patricia, but when they did the advertisement to, like, kind of, I guess, push the second season. Sure. They gave us an old Friends poster, and we see the Avatar gang all grown up, and I'm like, I want to see that. Yes, show us that, show us that. And it's like, we didn't see it. We we saw flashbacks. We did see flashbacks, to be fair. But it's like, we didn't, like, I want to see what, what I think would help 
is that they did like at least one flashback episode of the old gang. Yes, and, so and as like an explanation episode for something, you know. Yeah, because they were explaining, uh, you know, uh, backstories about, uh, you know, what happened with Aang and what you know, with Toph, because you know we had Su Yin in the series, who yeah. was Toph's daughter. You yeah. Know, uh, one, uh, you know, the main leader of the police force. Mm-hmm, chief of police. Yeah. My only complaint that I've seen so far with um, Legend of Korra from the uh, pictures I do see sure. is that they only had a one mixed child, Aang and Katara. Um, now, here, now that's not necessarily no, no, like, true. Like, co- like going with complexion-wise? Oh, oh complexion. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, because yeah, Kaya and, you know, Kaya was the only one who resembled mostly her mother. Because Tenzin looks more like Aang. Aang and yeah. then Boomy, for a while, he was a non-bender. Yeah, and wait. Then a, so he did learn to bend something eventually, didn't he? Remember did when you no, you remember Sorry. in season two when the um, if you remember when you know uh, Korra let out all the spirits and then eventually that was when everybody started to learn how to airbend. That's right. That's right. That, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And see, that's what I'm saying. I thought season two should have been the series finale for me personally because it's like, go ahead. It's like you have the Avatar versus the. Anti Avatar. Yeah, that would have been a great series finale. And then with what happens with Korra, I won't say for you, Go but ahead. Uh, no, I already no. knew I was gonna get spoilers. Okay, so she essentially uh, let out all the spirits from the spirit world to mingle in with the human world, and well, you know, the Avatar state's gone. Yeah, so she lost her connection to R- Rava. Rava, yeah. Yeah, Rava. Is Vatu the name of uh, of the dark one? Yeah. I think yes. Vatu, which was loosely based off Hinduism and all, yes, all that is. kind of stuff. It's so, the same name as a Hinduism god. Yeah. So um, she lost her connection to Rava, thus ending the line of, of the avatars. Yes. So she can no longer talk to Aang, no longer talk to Roku or like any of them. Now she's the start of a whole new line. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that would have been the perfect way to end the series. Yeah, that we could focus on a new avatar. Yes, and then like she can be like the the uh, the last first avatar whatever the first yeah the first avatar in a new line yeah so and that then we could have other avatars come out after that so yeah but here's the thing I think that because Nickelodeon mistreated the show so horribly I think that that kind of like broke Mike and Brian's trust for a while true you know because they went off to do different things you know they went off to do different comic book series and all that kind of stuff and so you know, they just, they were just like, you know, I, I'm fed up with what how Nickelodeon treated our show. Because if you remember what happened, you know, from season three to season four, they released the shows online. exclusively online right before they aired it on TV. Yeah, and that's, I mean, now we know why they did it with, with like, season four. Yes, we know, you know, exactly. Because, uh, you know, people were watching more on their phones and on, you know, online than they were on TV. And so they thought, oh, this would be a great idea. But then it turned out it backfired. It horribly. backfired, yeah. They should have kept it on TV. And then... I mean, usually, I mean, here's the, here's the thing. Like, they didn't, I mean, this was kind of like a new thing back then. They, they didn't exactly know how to do it. You know, it's like, traditionally, if you are going to show something online, you show it, like, maybe a day before the show, uh, ep- the episode comes out. Or in reverse, you have the episode air first, and, and then, then it would be online. online. Right, right. And but in this case, you have it online, and then it wouldn't air until, like, months later yeah, on I'm like, TV. Why would they do that? So, yeah, and then when it comes out that, that you know, Cora and you. No. What's Asami. Asami, yeah. Are, you know, they actually have feelings for one another. Then I was like, oh, that's why they didn't put this. Yeah. I think Nick was terrified of the backlash that they would have received. Yeah. And, and, but it's like, okay, well, let's just put it online. And 
I think that we since you know everything. I think that ever since they did the Loud House, I think they're okay with it now. Yeah, now they're fine with it. Um, now they're the fine show with it. Never mind, that's Disney. Yeah, that's yeah. Disney. So I mean, now I mean personally, like but like back then, I didn't care. I was, I was like, oh wow, that. At the time, I thought that came out out of nowhere, but like people kind of told me, like, no, you have to like watch certain episodes, yeah. and 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 like, and, like you'll see, <laughs> and like you'll see like the like the little sparks that they had, and then I did. I was like, oh, okay, now it, it makes more sense. But Even I, I know that. Either. I was I fine with it. Nah, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> whatever, Malia. But now I'm like, oh, you know what? Actually, I, that 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 makes a lot of sense now, and I had no problem with it. And I think if Nick had more faith. In and this, viewers. yes, and in this property, they it it would have helped the company in the long run. Yeah, yeah, because I think it like let's be honest. I mean, like Cartoon Network dominated the 2010s. Yes, yes. they had they had Adventure Time, they had Steven Universe, they had Regular Show, they had the Amazing World of Gumball. By the way, Steven Universe, Amazing World of Gumball. My top two favorite shows. Yeah, they're they're really good. We'll have to talk about Steven Universe because uh, I just showed the article to Malia today that you know Steven Universe future. As soon as those episodes finish, then it's over. It's over. Really, it's over. I haven't watched any of those shows. Okay, like that, it's really. on Hulu. If you don't have Hulu, I mean, I mean, I have good show. I have Hulu because I mean, I just show. I'm just I mean. Patricia might understand this, but I'm glad that you can like kind of watch what's going on now. Yeah, like, sure. Never, like I grew up in the age of like Johnny Quest, like the new adventures of like Johnny Quest and all that, and like all like the reruns of the '80s cartoons. Yeah, and then yeah, you yeah. had Dexter's Lab and Pop Up uh-huh. Girls, Samurai Jack, and shows like that. That was my Cartoon Network. Sure. Ed, Ed, Nettie, Codename Kids, Dexter, and then but that. That transition seemed so sudden to me. I was like, huh? Yeah, it, it, it was kind of weird. Yeah, for yeah. me, the only reason why I still watch these, like, for me, I would have stopped a long time ago. But the reason why I still watch the shows is because of my little cousins. Like, yeah. I'm always over their house, and what's always on TV? Cartoon Network. Right. I mean, yeah, that's how I, that's why I was able to know about those shows around the early 2000s was because of my cousins. I would have never been, you know, I would have not watched Shaolin Showdown in my own volition. Right, yeah. yeah. So it's like... I had no interest in those shows. I'm like, wait, what happened to my Cartoon Network? Like, yeah. what happened to Toonami? Like, wait, was, what happened? You that know? was me for a long time. And then I actually sat down and paid attention to the shows. Like, right now, there's a show called Craig of the Creek. Yeah. Craig of the Creek is beautiful. Like, it, like it for me, they don't, they are, they stop caring about um, being homophobic. Not homophobic, I shouldn't say. But they stop being so sensitive about putting up um, LGBT, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. And Craig of the Creek, the first episode I watched had two girls in it that were kissing and, like, holding hands and just being cuddly and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, wow, okay. And then, um, and then another episode, it was, like, all the black, like, it was, Craig of the Creek stars a black kid and his fan, and, like, it was an episode with all of his family. They were playing card games and stuff. And, you know, like, when we get around playing card games, it's fun, it's lit, and it's, like... yeah. And we saw that in the show, so people were like, oh, wow, this is about to be the new Proud Family because of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, the Proud Family is coming back on Disney+. Plus. Yes. I know. Yes. I yes. can't wait. I, I can't wait for that either. Um, I can't wait. New episodes. There, yes. As you see, we love our you know, childhood and like, you know, shows as such. But I think, I guess to wrap up, let's uh, talk about the legacy that Avatar The Last Airbender left behind, like just besides Korra. All right, so I think that, I, in my opinion, Avatar The Last Airbender was definitely, like, the last classic Nicktoon. Yes. For a while. Because yes. SpongeBob 
took it over for a long time. Yeah. I think that here's I think that, you know, Nickelodeon was striving to see if they could find their next SpongeBob, but they just didn't really succeed all that well. Right. And um, you know, it just set such a high standard and uh, you know, when they tried to do Cora, you know, there was such such so much meddling that it just didn't it couldn't really stand a chance to kind of branch out into its own, you know, series of shows because we could have had that, you know, kin to something like Ben Ten. Yeah. Ben Ten was beautiful. And I mean, maybe we should do a separate podcast about Cora and like what happened behind the scenes. Yes, we should. Because there's a After lot After I watched the show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna watch the show probably not tonight. But sometime next, over spring break, I'll be watching Cora. Okay, so right. then we can shoot for after, after spring break. Yeah, for but, sure. But, um, like, what you told me, Patricia, about, like, the stuff that happened behind the scenes, I'm like, oh, my yeah, goodness. No, that's what I love about uh, talking to Patricia about shows, because as a kid, I'm not thinking about what's going on behind the scenes. And when I'm rewatching it, it's like, oh, I finally get the deep meetings and stuff, and Patricia comes in with the true what was really happening and it makes sense as to what yeah. it's happening in the show. Yeah, so the legacy of Avatar is that it was able to create characters that still resonate with people and it's such an amazing story that has amazing lore, it has great music, great characters, great storylines and um, you know, it, it, I mean, like, if you were to watch some Nicktoons today, you can tell about, like, what time period it came out in. Like, right. you know, gross shows, like, came out in the 90s. And, you know, cartoons that are, like, really colorful and, you know, all, or wacky or anything like that, you know, came out, like, in the early 2000s. In right. the 2010s, you know, they have shows that, you know, that feature a lot of pop culture references, that have a lot of deep, dark lore. Yeah. Akin to, like, um, you know, regular show or, or Adventure Time. But Avatar The Last Airbender is such a universal show that you can watch it and appreciate for what it was uh, showcasing and it, it, it involved it, you know it came out at the right time yes. and it came out with the great um, it came it came out at the time in which that you know the show was able to have people come in by and you know they had they had a lot of creative freedom to create whatever they wanted and they were able to display a show that people are seriously never going to forget yeah and just even thinking about it like Netflix how they want on or how they want in on just even the legacy of this show. You look at Voltron Legendary Defender. It's, I love uh, that show. The I, animation is from the same studio, it right? It is from the same studio. Yes. And some of the same people worked on it as yes. well. Wait, so, are we talking about the remake or the 70s? The remake. The remake. Okay, I watched the remake. I didn't watch the 70s. No, 80s, no. We're, 80s, we're talking about... Yeah, yeah, we're talking about the... Yeah, the yeah, Voltron Legendary <laughs> Defender. Yeah, it was done by the same studio. Um, studio Mirror, I think. I was, think it's like... Yeah. Yeah, because... Um, Korra was done by Studio Periot, who yeah. also did Naruto. Yeah. And you can see, which, I mean, but I, I, I love the animation for Korra. I had no yeah, problem Yeah, yeah, but it. Studio Mirror, you can definitely tell that they have such, you know, a great detail in a lot of their characters. And, you, and you know, with some of the same people who worked on Avatar to go into Voltron, you can see that. And, yes. lot, and some of the same people who went over to um, the Dragon Prince, you can also see that as well. Yes, and, and, and I, so you see what this show has done. That's how you know cartoons are great. Like, you take Dexter's Lab and how many people came from that show and started doing other yes, things. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and, you know, and Avatar Butch Hartman. And, yeah. yeah, Butch Hartman and, you know, Gendy Tartakovsky and, you know, um, you know, I think Robert and Zeddy even worked on there. And yeah. Then, you know, like, it would branch out, like, you know, into all these um, different shows and they would create their own ideas, uh, you know, that they were able to learn from. Like Dave F F Filoni, you know, yeah. went on to work on Clone Wars and The Mandalorian and... 
um, rebels and all that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So you know, we we know where he went, and you know, a lot of the same people they went off to do much better things as well. Yeah, and you know, it's I I can say that these storytellers, I mean, particularly those that worked on the last Airbender, they are some of this generation's greatest because of yeah. how they tell this story, and you can kind of see why big creatives were drawn to them. Like how George was drawn to Dave Filoni. Like, oh, you tell stories the way that I like to tell them or how I think they should be told. You know, take your time with characters. Take your time with world building. Take your time with all this stuff. Don't try to rush through things. You know, and I think Netflix, first of all, Netflix is not going away anytime soon. No. Not at all. And, and not I don't, at and all. like, listen, Disney Plus is going to be huge. I mean, HBO Max, I don't know how it's doing, but... It'll be fine, I guess. But Netflix, the amount of freedom that, that they give to their creatives. Yeah, that's why a lot of animators are going over to Netflix. Yes. Because, you know, Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon and Disney, you know, they're sometimes restrictive. And it's like, oh, you know, we can't do those kind of shows. It's like, you know, go to Netflix. You know, BoJack Horseman, Castlevania. Yes. You know, Hilda, all these shows, you know. Yeah, and, and if that same freedom comes with this live-action Last Airbender series then we're going to be in for a, a treat. It's going to be expensive. Yeah. yeah. But, hey, it's, I believe it's going to be well worth it. Um, and I think what these guys have done with this show is it's going to be rare to see anything like this again. Yeah. And I can say that this is one of my favorite series of all, of all time. Not just animated, but just favorite series of all times. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, for me, as you two know, it's all about storytelling. Yeah. How do you tell the story? What is your story about? What makes these characters so complex? Like, what happens in the world? Let's deconstruct some of these characters. Let's take them out of their elements. Let's, let's, let's have a couple episodes where Aang is really angry. And Which like, we did. Yes. And I'm so, like, sorry. No, but, go ahead, um, go ahead. What I love is that we see Aang angry. Like, he's not that happy-go-lucky kid. He, we see him going through a lot. Yes. We see him sad. We see him mad. We see him sassy. Sassy Aang is one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, just bravo to the, you know, just bravo to the creators. Bravo to those who worked on this show. Thank you guys so much for pouring in your passion, your sweat, your tears. I don't know. You might have bled a couple times, you know, doing this show. <laughs> yes, but, with all the screaming. Yes, <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, just, just thank you guys from the actors to the producers to the to the writers, to the showrunners, to just... To the whole crew. To the creators. Thank you guys for giving us something spectacular. Uh, thank you guys for making our childhood that, that much more enjoyable. And I'd like to say thank you to you, Patricia, for allowing me and Malia uh, onto this podcast to talk about such a fantastic show. Oh, yeah, absolutely, for sure. So, yeah, I guess we're, I guess we're done here. So, uh, you know, do you, uh, you guys want to plug and promote anything? Where can people find you at? Oh, um, find me at Instagram at EK underscore Freedom Fighter and at Twitter at Unashamed Rebel. I think that's it. Yeah. Um, and we will be doing more content yes. together. I'll have yes. some of, of my own. I'll, and I'll be oh, under, I have content of my own. under the tutelage of the master, which is Patricia. Yes. <laughs> she will definitely be schooling me on, 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 you know, how to break into this podcast game. And we're going to talk about a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. So. Um, you can find me on Instagram um, at Jabak, J-B-I-A-C. It stands for just because I'm a covert. I feel like that's really tough, you know. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, let's see. You can find me at Twitter at uh, Patty underscore B underscore Miranda. I have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Old School Lane. Facebook, facebook.com slash Old School Lane. And um, I will be, uh, let's see, there's, uh, I, you know, I, I spread out my podcast in various other places. I have um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Mixcloud, Overcast. So, yeah, uh, you could listen to my other podcasts and see what I do. But, yeah, I'll probably take this podcast and I'll probably give it its own separate thing away from mine. But, yeah, uh, that should be it. So, um, yeah, uh, we had a good time talking. Yes, and, uh, yes. you know, if you, if you have any feedback on anything or if you have any requests for anything that you want us to talk about, then let us know in the comments for sure. Yes, yes. let us know. And, again, guys, three things. First, go see the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Second, go watch Clone Wars Season 8. Yeah, Season yeah, 8, Episode 1 is out now. And... Happy Avatar Day, guys. Happy Avatar Day. Happy Avatar Day. Yeah.